Welcome to Night Shift. Jeff Sharon here with you. We got Elo, Eric Lopez. We got the student game, Kyle Nash. We got cousin Nikki, Nick Morselli in the house. We got lots to talk about. We are, uh, well, this is our, this is not our pre-Thanksgiving show. Thanksgiving's already next week. It's rainy and cold out. It's starting to feel like Florida fall football weather out there. We had a, just a, 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 a epic space game i mean it was like <laughs> did james cameron direct that like it was rem- uh, the the uniforms and the 45 to 3 and the 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 would we or won't we against ollie gordon and then the absolute deluge that happened i mean it was just glorious we were going to talk about that we're talking about men's men's and women's basketball uh as they are now uh, fully underway uh, women dodged a bullet from Anderson University in Anderson, South Carolina, a school that, by the way, that I'm familiar with from a past life. Um, the uh, We're also going to talk men's soccer. They are in the NCAA tournament. Eric, they got a national seed, just like you were projecting, perhaps not as high as they would have wanted. They are 12, potential rematch with West Virginia around the corner. We'll break that down a little bit. And of course, volleyball trying to sur- hang on and survive through the gauntlet. But Let's start uh, with football. Your UCF Knights are back to 500, baby. Here we go. <laughs> 45 to three. This was the um, this was the interesting stat. Did you guys see the stat from this game? It was the first time that an unranked team beat a team ranked in the top 15 by 40 points or more since 1997. Didn't see that specific stat, but there's all sorts of crazy stuff out there coming from this game, Jeff Sharon. Let me tell you what. Well, let, well, let's start with the most with the most obvious one that you guys talked about on uh, on on Night Shift Live after the game, and just wrap up on this because uh, how did the nation's 127th ranked rush defense hold the nation's leading rusher to 25 yards? I mean, it helps knowing what they're going to do at some point, right? I- I'm just going to throw that out there a- at some okay, point. Okay, fine. But like, that's been the MO on Oklahoma state all year. I mean, and they still managed to do it. Y- you know, I mean, and that's a fair question in a-, a couple ways, you know, the-, the turnovers, like, listen, Jeff, for all the weeks that you shout about turnovers in this one, I really think that's the answer. The, yeah. the turnovers and the momentum such as they were, were amazing. By the way, let's also pair it up with some aggression on offense. We haven't seen passing the ball in some time, my friend. And, and this isn't me saying that that the UCF coaching staff should have done that the entire year. I'm not going that way like I would with the defense getting the uh, secondary more involved with the run game, which I think is also an element. I mean, Jeff, listen, man, this isn't any just one thing. I had as much trouble processing this game and all the anomalies up there with last year or not last year, the year before um, Michigan, the Michigan game where uh, in, ba- in men's basketball, where everybody just went off and was hitting threes from everywhere, you know, where Brandon Mayhead and Darren Green were just chucking it from the cheek. It was, seat. It was the kitchen sink game. Yeah. This is the football version of that for those that can make the UCF comparison between the sports there, meaning like anything that could go right did go right. And Murphy had no law in this game. <laughs> Elo, you, it was so impressive that you had cause to reevaluate your top bounce house wins of all time, putting this one in the top six. Um, is that fungible given how these last two regular season games might play out? I think it is. It, it, I don't think it matters what happens the next two regular season games from the long-term standpoint, because with respect to Cincinnati, and the in the official record books will say Cincinnati is the first Big Twelve win. This is the real first Big Twelve win, <laughs> and, you, and and you know this based on how the you know how that based on the fans and how they celebrated and enjoyed it. And I you know I told Kyle it reminded me a lot of the 05 Marshall game. Anybody that was there at the Citrus Bowl with uh, where the UCF had this long losing streak. They finally beat Marshall. Everybody was just happy to win that game. They get on the field and storm, you know, and all that. The monsoon. Was, no, no, that was twenty eleven. No, that wasn't I'm the good. monsoon. This was the oh. uh, this was the streak breaker. You know, yeah. I, I beg your pardon. I got it mixed up. My fault. Yeah. So, but this was a genuine joy. That really was the whole game. 
Uh, I think it started with the offense playing so well. John Rice Plumley and R.J. Harvey had legendary games of their careers. I was really happy for Plumley because I think this is his legacy game. Same with Harvey. Defensively played their best game of the year. I think Oklahoma State clearly played their worst game of the year. We did discuss this last week. The whole Bedlam hangover, I think, played a factor. Mm-hmm. When you when the team forgets to bring the rain gear to Florida, you know, maybe mentally you're not all in. But I think this is a game fans will remember. You know, in a way, this salvages the year. Because 20 years from now, when fans think of 2023, the first year of the Big 12, we're not going to think about Villanova. We're not going to think about Cincinnati. We're not going to think about what happens with Texas Tech or Houston. We're going to think about this Oklahoma State game. That's what you're going to remember. Just like fans in 2000, when you bring up the 2000 UCF football season, you're going to bring up the Alabama win. You're not bringing up losing to Akron or Northern Illinois that year. You, nobody remembers that. You're bringing it because you remember the Alabama game. That's why it was a special for the program. It could turn this program into a, a, a turning point where they go on a nice run here this year and next year and beyond. Who knows? We don't know that yet. That's why, as I wrote on the article, blackandgobanneret.com. Thank you. It's too early to rank it all time. But I do think it's early, it's early, it is not too early to rank. This is one of the great memorable days in the Bounce House history. That's why I ranked it sixth. And it could go up or, you know, depending on how this game, you know, ages. But it was a fun day. And it's something that I think it gives the fans confidence back of what the, the future holds going to the Big 12. That, hey, we're now a Big 12 school. John Rice Plumley, only 11 of 18, but 299 and three touchdowns. All three of them to Kobe Hudson. Um RJ Harvey, 24 carries, 206 yards, three touchdowns. Um, so first of all, where, where is this, where's this performance in the individual? Almost like the it's basically like the Kevin Smith Award, right? Like we saw so many incredible performances from him, Eric. But where's this this performance by RJ Harvey kind of land in the in the single game running back performances? Top 10 all time, over 200 yards. But an interesting point has developed here with R.J. Harvey. And Kyle has kind of, te- kind of mentioned this throughout the year in his night class articles. Well, you, can make, you, can, <laughs> you can make this argument. I think it's now time to make this argument. R.J. Harvey might be having the best year running back has had since Kevin Smith. He has quietly been the bell cow of this running game. You know, remember Kyle in the beginning of the year? Oh, we have all these running backs. It might be by committee. RJ Harvey's like, uh, no, this is my backfield. This is his my this is my offense. I'm the captain now. <laughs> right. And he's having a heck of a year, kind of he reminds me a little bit of Alex Haynes back in the day, since I'll bring up the, the two early two thousands UCF teams. This is his offense. This is an offense, UCF quietly, by the way. It's been productive all year. It's moved the ball, which you have brought up, Kyle. Certain things have kind of prevented it from being a great offense at times whether it be the third down conversions which you have discussed early in the year turnovers etc but this offense has been good and John Rice Plumley has actually been good when he's been healthy eighth and eighth in the country in total offense right now third in the country in rushing offense RJ has over over 1,000 yards uh on the season um 17th in pass efficiency and I know you talked about the third downs Cal but they're tied for eighth in the country in third down percentage. Right. Well, and forty nine point six percent. Right. I think so, the timeliness of it has been a little off. Yeah, exactly. You got it. You got it. And and, so. and by the way, if we're gonna give give R.J. Harvey all these props, and in the words of Joel Klatt, and rightly so, I think the thing we need to add on is the Power Five schedule in here. One yeah. thing Kevin Smith never had was that there was no uh. Kansas, Kansas State, back-to-back, followed by Oklahoma and West Virginia on the docket. And West Virginia is supposed to be the break, air quotes. And Baylor's somewhere in there, too. I know I skipped them, but that's... were in between Kansas, Kansas State. The two yeah, thank you. I, I just realized that when I said it. Yeah, no, I appreciate I, I, we'll just We'll just chalk it up to you, like, casting it out of your brain. It's fine. I don't I, I mean, I thought I was doing the public a favor. Yes, thank you, Jeff. No. <laughs> but, but with all the above in question, like, the Power 5 schedule... The, the the difficulty that was supposed to keep on giving or taking, depending on your point of view, was something the UCF was criticized, certainly, back in Kevin Smith's day and leading up to now. Guess what? R.J. Harvey has said, forget all that. And by the way, with an offensive line who even to this day, Coach Malzahn will tell you, they still don't have a solid and set starting five. 
Yeah, I, I mean, the the, but let's spin this forward now to the next game against Texas Tech because this is going to be Eric. You you mentioned that the TV is going to be kind of rough for this game. There's some wonky stuff happening. First of all, first trip all the way out to Lubbock, out in God knows in Lubbock, Texas. All right, um, five o'clock kick. That's right, baby. Weird. Um. Like I said, it's out there in the wet. And and Texas Tech, <laughs> they're having a weird year too. They come in five and five. Um started with a loss. Well, they don't want to hear overtime. about our they don't want to hear about our injury excuses. I'll tell you that. Fair enough. But <laughs> that they lost first of all, they opened their season with a, an overtime loss at Wyoming, and then they lost by eight to Oregon, who we were talking about earlier, has had a pretty good year. They've lost to West Virginia, at West Virginia, home at Kansas State, and at BYU. They've won home Houston at Baylor, home TCU by seven, and they're coming off of a win at Kansas, uh, 16 to 13 last week, and a big upset. Um, What's, uh, Eric, I want to start, or actually, no, Kyle, I'll start with you. What is your read on Texas Tech? This, because I, I can't, I can't get a feel for them. Yeah, no. Uh, they, they are aggressively average <laughs> in every category. That's a great way to put it. And and to your point, injuries make the read tough. Yeah, you're 100% right on that uh, uh, all the way around. Um, I think it was Eric that dropped that in. Yeah, um, it's really hard to read that, but especially when, by the way, you have a UCF defensive uh, coordinator in Addison Williams who's really apparently starting to find his way and figure it out a little bit, right? He's he's come in, you know, gave – in no particular order, gave Oklahoma a bit of a hard time. I, I know there's some stuff in the between there. And then comes back, um, gets the first win, even though Eric doesn't think it counts against Cincinnati. and But, you know, able to uh, give the running yards – but still win the total game, right? And then come in and smash the leading rusher in the nation. Granted, with the help of the gods and, and rain and stuff like that. But, you know, just I think I think it's even tougher if you're Texas Tech to prepare for a team who's ascending. You don't know exactly what you're going to get there either. It is a very uncharacteristic Texas Tech team. Yes. Uh, this was a team that before the year, a lot of people thought could be a sleeper in the Big 12. They were picked fourth, actually, by the uh, in the preseason poll. They've had injuries to their quarterback. Their starting quarterback at the beginning of the year has been hurt, is out. The backup quarterback is banged up because I watched the Kansas game. We actually watched it in the press box when they upset Kansas. The receivers are average. This is all on Texas Tech-like because this is all you're used to. You're used to seeing Texas Tech being this incredible passing team that can't stop anybody. This is the well, complete opposite. Yeah, well, you're used to Mike, you know, Mike Leach, Texas. Well, Texas. but even That's after a long Mike time ago, but, but even after Mike Leach, God I mean, rest that, him, you Mike know, Leach. Cliff Kingsbury teams were the same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what, you know, but what they do have is again, another great running back. This is one thing we've learned about the big 12 is they're not short on running backs. Uh, Taj Brooks is really good. He is their offense. Uh, near, he's rushed for two, nearly 1200 yards, eight touchdowns. Uh, he's averaging over 100 yards a game. Their defense is pretty good. Uh, held Kansas to 13 points. Granted, Kansas' backup quarterback got hurt, so they were down to their third-string quarterback in that game. So read however you want to read into it. But it's a it's a Texas Tech team that is playing on senior day, and it's a big game for them. They're 5-5. Five and five. They play at Texas next weekend. Ooh. So if they want to go bowl eligible, their best chance is probably to win this game and not worry about the Texas game. I wouldn't bland on that. So they're going to be ready to play. Oh, but they're going to, well, they're, they're, uh, well, you, I could play that the other way though. They want Texas because Texas is leaving the conference. No, they can want them all they want. That mean they're going to beat them. <laughs> in Austin, I think, Texas. I think this is something where both things are, are, are uh, really? simultaneously true here, by the way, to, to Eric's point, they want this one. And, and, and listen, should, should they uh, succeed against the Knights? Hey, we want Texas to send them off will be its own motivation once that week gets here either way. I, I think I kind of agree with Eric on that. But everything you just said about Texas Tech, buddy, tells me that if I'm Addison Williams, same game plan, gentlemen. Attack yes. aggressively, cross the run, dare whatever string quarterback they're on right now to beat you. Agreed. 100%. 100% agreed. Uh, but 
the thing with UCF is they got to take the trip to Lubbock. We'll see how that trip goes. Uh, is and there a hangover two, from two Oklahoma State? Together, back to back. That's the. Other I mean, so this is a mysterious game, which which is why it's an on mysterious channel on a mysterious time. It's, I know that road about. games have been panicky for fans, but something I feel like I have to re- uh, remind the uh, the Night Nation just as it is. First of all, previous road game was the first Big 12 win officially. I know there's an asterisk on with according to some people on the committee and in Melbourne. There's no asterisk. It's entirely in their own brains. Go ahead. I I, I say what I said. It's a fact. I tell the fans that stormed the field. In fact, we have two of them here. Yeah, more on that later. But but with all that in mind, guys, like I, I feel like something that's overplayed with the worries about road travel is how many of the road games in question in Gus Malzahn's tenure have been started by actual starting quarterbacks, specifically John Rice Blumley. Well, how many have been in Lubbock, though, Kyle? That is a unique trip. No, oh, no, and I'm not discounting that. That's the best That's the best reason to worry it's a long trip. Not, oh, golly, jeepers, you see F is bad on the road. Not so much, in my opinion. You know, sorry, Jeff. But with all, I, I feel like that has to be accounted for. And by the way, what I've noticed with John Rice is when he get when he starts to streak in a good direction, he doesn't really drop off really bad typically, you know. So there's that. Well, I th- I thought the key, you know, last week was JRP ran the ball early, and I think that'll probably be a key this week too because I think it's a fr- couple things it set the tone for the offense. It also put the pl- you know kind of planted the seed in the defense's mind like oh he's 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 mobile now okay. So we can't just keep him back there. And I think it, it helps get JRP into the flow of the offense a little better when he's actually, you know, when he's not having to stop himself and say, oh crap, I can't run because of my knee. You know, it get it it got him involved and into the flow a little bit, didn't you think, Kyle? Absolutely. And the way he was super intelligent in protecting himself on those runs too, too, as well, Jeff, I think that kept his brain ticking and, and controlling the game. I had been critical at times of some of his reads, you know, throughout the season because his mind is constantly ticking now that he's thinking about, Hey, let's get down. I'm thinking that there may be some process in his thinking in that moment, obviously all speculation. I am not psychic, but it's felt like to me that that calculated approach helped him calculate, overall in, in during a particular drive that now granted can that repeat can we see a trend in that can i be proven air quotes right there that that's consistent maybe we'll see in lubbock i suppose yeah all right all right well one good um, point by the way texas tech has struggled with running quarterbacks in particular avery johnson the kid from kansas state remember we talked a lot oh he might play against ucf turns out he didn't play against well, san antonio did. spur by the way anyway sorry i had to former head coach there you go <laughs> Uh, ran all over Texas Tech's defense. I would not be shocked if Plumley has a big game running the ball against uh, this defense. Uh, Tech right now is uh, a two-point favorite. It opened at three. Over-under is 60, yeah. Elo. What Money. do you think? Money's on UCF, rightfully so. I think UCF is the better team, the healthier team. You just It's a cautious game because you don't know where UCF kind of hang. Is there a hangover from the Oklahoma State game? How is the flight? Is there an interruption in the charter it, flight or not? I mean, is, it's, is there it's a pretty, hangover for Texas Tech having knocked off Kansas too? That's I was going to suggest that. Yeah, maybe yeah. if Bill Self was in the sidelines, maybe, but not the not that not the other schmuck. Um, <laughs> other schmuck. Yeah, he's probably leaving at the end of the year. He should have. He's smart, Lance Leipold. Um, we'll see. Wow. I, I think it's an interesting game. I think it's an interesting game for both sides. It's just, and obviously it's going to be an interesting broadcast because it's going to be <laughs> all right. Five it's o'clock, just, oh. Eric. Yeah, we got to talk about this. All right, five, Rant. Rant, my five p.m. on FS two. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, more like FS who? Oh, well, I love it. all right. Trivia question. Trivia question. No one look this up. No one look this up, please. What channel was FS two before it was FS two? Oh, wasn't it like a racing channel? Something like that? You're getting warmer. Sunshine. No, I don't know. Speed Bryson, network. Bryson, Bryson uh, jumped in to say it was the speed channel. No, FS1 was the speed channel. Oh, okay. I, don't know. I don't know, man. This whole When I found out that's what we were going to be broadcast on, that was, that was my reminder that this channel still exists. <laughs> it's, it's still there. It's still there. What do we got? Kyle, you got to get Kyle. You got to get Eric. NASCAR? Uh, I don't know. 
Yeah, my guess would have been the Speed Channel too. Apparently, I got that blown up. Fuel TV. Ah, Phil, Fuel TV. Fuel TV. It was. It wasn't so much racing as much as it was extreme sports back in the day. Correct. Yeah. But anyway, shout out to uh, First Well Fuel TV. But, um, Eric, what you said in your column that's on uh, blackandgoldbanneret.com. I just found the chat. Uh, oh, you have it. Okay. Yeah, yeah they're doing live European qualifiers right now in FS2. Uh, <laughs> qualifying Ooh. right now. Sweeten's down too. You're not projecting a particularly high number for this. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. And that's and that's a shame because coming off of a million plus for Oklahoma State, and I think we're finding out, you know, the 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 difference between ESPN and the Fox networks right now, right? Correct. I mean, the Oklahoma State game did 1.2 million. That's more than the last three FS1 games combined that UCF has been on. Probably will be combined the last four UCF FS1 FS2 games combined. Uh, I also have news for you. The Houston game next week. I know it's in a six-day hole. Here's a, I'm going to go on a limb and say that's not going to have a good time slot either. It will uh, not. Yeah. No. Uh, so, look, I mean, it's a combination of a lot of things. I think it's the Big 12. Obviously, they're, sched- they're, they're, they're down on the pecking order. Uh, the Big 10 and the SEC have their top pecking orders in their respective channels. Uh, then you have the ACC, whether they like it or not. They are drawing very well. Florida State, for example. Eight has gotten over four million viewers in that handful of games already this year. That's well, so it's I, a lot I, of competition. And don't they close the Florida Elo? That's a big deal. That's a big game, prime time yeah. ESPN. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, here's well, here's the other thing though, too, is you know, when UCF was atop the American, they were a real draw for the American, right? So they would put them in 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 good time slots where the American had them. Middle of the pack to the lower third of the Big 12, you're kind of not gonna get there. Now, if UCF was in a you know in a position that say Oklahoma State was in at least at this point top three top four in the conference be a different scenario right it would help a little bit I think next year something to look for because uh, Brett Yormark said this on Big Twelve Media Days look for a lot of Big Twelve games to uh, a decent amount to be on Thursday Friday nights I think they're going to be the power conference that you're going to see even more on Thursday and Friday Big Ten's going to have some games too but I think that's where the Big Twelve you're going to have uh more exposure and don't be shocked if UCF's involved in some of those Thursday Friday night games next year just because there, there's only so many slots right that you could have that you're not going to have every and the SEC next year will be on ABC ESPN exclusively so they're gonna they're gonna gobble up all as many of the slots in, the, in particular they still have the ACC package Fox has the Big Ten which also is going to be on CBS and NBC uh you know so I mean now the Big 12 will They'll get more slots as a result of the death of the Pac-12, which will help. Oh, yeah. And, and help me with this, Elo. You're well, way, warm, way more well-educated on this than I am. But the movement of the SEC to um, ESPN uh, exclusively, as you say, they're on Fox right now. So that, that would open those slots theoretically, right? It would be. Like, I think that Fox... 334. Remember the Kansas game where it was a four o'clock Fox game? I think that's going to be a Big 12 slot moving forward. Got it. Uh, right. The Big Ten's, I mean, Fox is always going to just put up Ohio State Michigan game of the week at noon. I mean, that's- <laughs> yeah. But, um, well, by the way, this week at four, they have Oregon at Arizona State. Correct. On, next year, that'll Fox. be a Big 12 game. I think next year, that'll yeah. be a Big 12 game because there is no Pac 12 to put there. Uh, yeah. And they're putting it, the, well, they're putting Texas at Iowa State on at eight. On Fox, I could see that too. Yeah, four o'clock, eight o'clock. I think those you're going to well, get some on better. No, it's this coming Saturday. That's 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 in there right now. But remember, <laughs> next year you're also going to have Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, part of the Big Twelve. So you're still going to get some West Coast games added there as well. So that's going to be it. You might get some. You're going to get some UCF games probably at ten o'clock at night. But if, if, if we're playing out there, though, right? Go ahead, Bryson. Yeah. Bryson Turner's in with us, by the way. Hello. Yeah, I had class. I had class, so I got out. Of, I, I just cares. got out Nobody of it a little cares. bit ago. Yeah. Nobody cares. Um, yeah, so <laughs> the so interesting FS2 fact, according to the SportsMediaWatch.com, like uh, they always like uh, put together a chart with the ratings and and uh, viewership numbers for college football games. The last time an FS2 game got on the got on the list at all that they did was actually a couple of weeks ago in Week Nine. Wyoming and Boise State played on. 
played at 5.30 on the channel drew 169,000 people. Woo! FS2 has not yeah, even made... Not... FS2 has not even made the list the last that's two actually, weeks. Which... To be honest with you, this year, that's actually, that's actually a decent matchup on that channel, but not a great... A hundred uh, over under 169k, Eric Lopez. Ooh. Well, I had the number 175 if you read my articles. We're not too far off. Although I could see it going on, and depend, I mean, part of this too depends on how the game plays out. Is it a blowout? Is it a good game? Can people actually literally find the channel? I mean, remember, <laughs> la remember last year, the Georgia Tech game on ESPNU. This is not just was only 107,000 viewers, which has been the most least watched UCF football game on linear in a while. The other thing is, look, UCF's got to win big to be interesting. That just is what it is. Um, you, don't, you don't think this most recent game might bring a little momentum? Not to this game. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, I'm just talking. Just the casual people have tuned out. That's what I mean. The, the casual people are tuning in if you're 9-3, and 10-2. Remember, you're in a market in the state where you're competing against Gator eyeballs, Seminole eyeballs, Alabama. I mean, there's a lot of competition. So that probably hurts as well, as well as, well, it's easier to find ABC than FS1. So the, again, it's not an accident. Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, Kansas are your three most watched games this year had the three best TV slots in that order. All right. Five o'clock FS2 UCF against Texas. I Haberman will be on the call. At least there's no, there is no Eric Collins, Devin Gardner on this one. Now, whether they're there in uh, Lubbock, eh, that's all there's yeah. All right. All right. Uh, moving on. Basketball is underway, and you see, well, let's check in with the men's team first. They're actually playing. We're recording this uh, on Thursday, November sixteenth. They're playing later tonight against Cal State Fullerton, seven o'clock on ESPN Plus. Uh, men's team is one and one. They got okay down in Coral Gables. They it was tight late. Final was 88-72, but UCF got within got within six late, Kyle Nash. Um, before in a kind of a weird game that was you know a, a little bit more high scoring than usual. Um I was actually in now me, ever the optimist, I was actually encouraged by the performance overall because I think we saw how physical my at UCF was and playing against a team with all these new guys against the number 13 team in the country in their building. I thought UCF stacked up pretty fit, pretty well physically just didn't make the shots when they needed to Kyle. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's a fine take by the way. Let, let's not rule out too, that Miami shot over 50%, you know, from the floor themselves. So they, they had an excellent day shooting. I mean, you're coming out shooting 41%. You're not terrible, but yeah, the point you make about the physicality about battling in, you know, and, and being standing up to a ranked team is in itself uh, impressive. I, I was impressed by it, by the way, Omar Payne uh, fouling out too certainly a factor as well, yeah, especially down the stretch. Right, exactly. So uh, with all that, you know, as, as part of that physicality piece, right? So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of stuff I, I, I see here that makes me, you know, encouraged. Like, that they won the rebound battle, man. That, that, that's not supposed to happen against a ranked team, but here we are. Yeah. Nick, you, you were keeping an eye on that one as well. What did you see that was an improvement even from game one? Obviously, the win against FIU moving forward against against Miami that you want to see more of tonight. Uh, I would say an individual player, and I know I'm going to mess his name up because he's a freshman from Berlin, Germany. Uh, Niles, uh, Niels Mahowski, yeah, Niels Mahowski, yeah, okay. yeah, you should know how to say it. Uh, I was real quick right there. He sounds like a true PA guy, right? Well, this, 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 this is what right I this there. is what I do. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, coming, I had the opportunity to talk to him yesterday in the weekly press conference coming off the bench. Say, where would we see sports. that there, uh, Nick Porcelli? Why you can find that on the black and gold banner at YouTube page. Bing! There we go. But yeah, so he came off the bench. I believe he had 13 points. He was the and he was the team's leading three point shooter. I think he I think he might have hit all threes, three for three. three. Yep, three for three for three. I have the box score right here. Yeah, that's correct. Five for seven, five for seven overall. Yeah. Yeah. So he had a lot. So in the short pinch that they put him in, he he performed really well. And especially as a you know, freshman with a lot, a lot of years left. I'd like to see how he can play with a few more minutes. So I'd like to see him get some more minutes tonight. Yeah, yeah. It's a crowd, um, it's a crowd of guards group, though. 
Yeah. yeah, it is it is crowded, but you know, we saw Jalen Sellers go nine of twenty-one yeah. from the field, um, twenty-two and eleven. I really like what I'm seeing. I mean, yeah, he was 0 for seven from three-point range, but yeah, boy, he yeah. is really physical, and I love seeing that. Coach Dawkins mentioned that in his press conference. He really liked that. Like everyone's talking about the points. He has back to back 20 plus point games. But <laughs> he's really liking out of him is the rebounding. Like he's really team leading rebounder against Miami. Yeah, he's the team's leading rebounder. A so, guard leading rebounds. How about that? Hey, yeah. it's not like we didn't see it last year with CJ Kelly on occasion, gentlemen, even with an NBA caliber player on the floor, right? Uh, of course, for those who don't remember Taylor Hen- uh, Hendricks, I can't help you, right? But yeah, no, this is, this is, people are going to think it's weird to say this, but from that standpoint, he's the CJ Kelly replacement. And, and Bryson, I know you're saying the crowd, you know, the, it's crowded with the guards. Kind of having an oversized guard double as a three is a thing that Johnny does. And it's because he loves covering coast to coast, having that ability to crash everywhere on the floor on defense. Nick, I don't know if you noticed this, but defense kind of a big thing for Johnny. Kind of a staple. I know. It's wild. Cal State Fullerton uh, made the tournament last year, uh, lost in the first round to Duke. But this is a school that's uh, or, or a team that's had some pretty uh, some pretty decent success over the last uh, over the last few years. Um, kind of an unusual appointment uh, or, or uh, an opponent opponent out of the uh, Big West. Diedrich Taylor, their head coach in his eleventh season. Um, uh, interestingly enough, actually uh, his playing career took him. It, it, this guy's familiar with the West Coast, right? UC Davis. Um, he was an assistant in Arizona State for a long time, but he's been at Cal State Fullerton for a while now. Um, Elo, I want to wrap this up with you. Um, is this a is this a bit of a warning sign here? Like we had a few of these games last year, you know, you know, where there's an opponent that you know, maybe doesn't look like a marquee opponent at first glance on the schedule, but they'll jump up and bite you, and they're, if they're not careful, Cal State Fullerton has shown has has done that to more than a few people throughout history. Oh, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, you know, because I think people kind of fall into the trap of, Hey, all these games are in the state of Florida. It's not that difficult of a schedule. No, no, no. He has snuck in quality mid-major teams that are willing to come to the state of Florida. And it's not just mm-hmm. this game. I mean, Fullerton, like the Miami game, I'm not going to take too much. Miami's really good. They're a Final Four team last year. They might be the second best team in the ACC, if not the best, depending on what you believe in Duke this year. But you look at this week, you've got Fullerton at home. You just, I'm glad you brought it up. They were an, they're defending Big West champs playing the NCAAs last year. They're, then they go out to Jacksonville, St. Augustine, where you got teams like South Dakota State, which has been a consistent team into the NCAAs that have been one of those best mid major programs. This is going to be a challenge for a team that's still trying to figure themselves out for a group that is still not a hunt fully in, intact. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, to me, we're going to learn a lot more about this team in the next week than we are from the Miami game, in my opinion, because, and this is why I get into it with the, the fans, because they all flip out. They look at the name. Oh, I don't know this team. Yeah, I get it. Cal State Fullerton doesn't play football. You know what? They got a good basketball program, and they're really good in the other sports too. There's other sports saying, other than football. Lopez caping up for a stickball school. Like Fullerton looks really good as a basketball team. Uh, this is the second ever meeting between these two teams, by the way. Uh, Twenty eighteen UCF UCF won uh, on uh, uh, by sixteen points way back twenty eighteen. So, yeah. and what's really interesting um, about this is both teams are coming in. They nearly have the same story, same record. Both mm-hmm. losses coming to a ranked team. Both one really, one. both really could use a, a win tonight. Yeah. Uh, after this, UCF goes to the Jacksonville Classic this weekend. South Dakota State, another team from out Watch west. Out. Watch out! Yeah, that's 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 a red flag game. Uh, that's on Sunday. So, if you're St. Augustine fans, you head out to Flagler Gym. By the way, court at Flagler at Flagler's Gym, named after the Clark family. Bo Clark, of course, long time UCF's all-time leading scorer, longtime head coach at Flagler. Um, Names in the Raptors. Yep. Fla- uh, South Dakota State will be the first game. Now, the winner of that game at eight o'clock on Sunday comes back and plays the winner of Charlotte and George Mason at about eight thirty on Monday. The loser of those two of those two games on Sunday, play, the losers of those two games play at six um, 
on Monday. By the way, uh, your boy is going to be handling the radio wow, duties on Monday. Look at that, Kyle. Uh, that, huh? Big I huge shout it. out to Mark Daniels for letting me for, to the Hall of Famer, Mark Daniels, the Hall of Famer, for letting me uh, for, for letting me fill in uh, for him on uh, Monday. So watch out for that. For so now, I'm really excited. Up on you. You haven't you haven't filled in for a Hall of Famer officially yet, Eric Lopez. You've just filled in for Martinez. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. A matter of time, okay, wow. Kyle. Let's just. It's a matter of time. It's, it no, look, he's gonna be fun. Hopefully, we get to hear Jeffrey on the radio because that means UCF would have won. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Even though it's a later night for Jeff, but I don't think you mind a later night, Jeff. If it, you know. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I, I'm I'm all that happy to uh, I'm all uh, I'm just happy to be there. Okay. Um, From the VA desk to the radio booth. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be. But, but South Dakota State is South Dakota State's really good. Uh, that's probably the best team of this this run we're going to see. I, I mean, that that is. A, I'm really fascinated. The next couple games. Besides Miami. Yeah, yeah. Besides Miami, I'm just saying. Uh, I home, think. These two, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, and I, I wouldn't want to. I would not want to sleep on George Mason or Charlotte either. Either A10 no. or a, AAC. By the way. Sure. Yeah. Well, the big question to me is, I think Sellers. You know, credit Michael Donald. We had him on the show here. He talked about Sellers probably being the leading scorer on this team. I think him and Johnson, Darius Johnson, is a good one-two punch offensively. Do we have a consistent third guy? We're going to see in the next few games. I'm curious. Or, or do we have guys around the roster that can be a third guy? Like, I feel like right. that this has right. been true of, of, of Dawkins' teams last year. Would it's it be true. Michael Durr or, you know, CJ Kelly was often the number two, but you know you would you would have other guys that Ithiel would. Horton. Ithiel Horton was regularly. Yeah. I mean, it, I'll put it this way: last year, I would have picked him to be the number three guy, but other dudes would step up. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's our so three three games coming up this week. Pretty quick three game turnaround for this team, and you know three games in five days. So including that back to back, women's hoops. Uh, they are off to a two and zero start, but. Kyle, they got a little bit of a a little bit of a needling from Anderson University in Anderson, South Carolina, D two school. Um, pulled away late, ninety six seventy three. By the way, UCF is averaging right now ninety eight point five points per game in the first two games. But yes. um, that that was a little a little. A little scary there for a little while, huh? Well, right. And, and I mean, I'll put it this way. Uh, Anderson came out, hit seven of their first nine, was feeling it. And then, you know, UCF came back, got their first lead to the, uh, at the end of the first quarter and never lost the lead for the rest of the game. Jeff, in your defense, it was within two to four at times later on in the game. And especially That's a little too close for comfort. I agree. But I mean, in the third quarter, when you look at it, there were three technical fouls. Um, simply because of, let's just say, it, you remember the NCAA tournament, a game with uh, Gino Oriemo versus Coach Abe there, Elo. That, in that particular game, Gino Oriemo was very frustrated with the fact that um, of the way they were calling the game overall. And I think Coach Abe, too, has showed her, showed her reasons as well. Um, I th- they, yeah. without Without getting into you know, the refs were good or bad or whatever. They certainly made for physical play to be a challenge. And when you have, when you have a Jayla Kelly or a a, a Taylor Gibson or somebody like that, who's trying to play physical HOA co when that group's trying to play physical and they're getting hit with fouls, I mean, HO fouled out with seven and a half minutes left in the game. So one could say that, that, uh, um, well, let's put it this way. The bench was hit with two technicals. That should tell you that there was some disagreement in the style of play. But rather than let that mm. supplant them, they pulled away after that once they found their focus, once they got used to what the officials were calling. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Still, six uh, UCF players ended up in double figures. Caitlin Peterson um, didn't go as ballistic from three-point range as she did in the opener, but she ended up leading uh, UCF with 18 points. Yeah, the ballistics came in the third quarter where she scored 10 points. Uh, 76 shots for UCF in this game. It's a different world, Jeff Sharon. It's a a different (laughs) look for sure, based on what we were used to from last year. But this is the part that I want to get to is, you know, before we move on. 
is, is this the style of play that we intend to see? You know, are they, are we looking at a run and gun team this year? We'll find out Monday. We're going to find out Monday against Auburn because they're going to play okay. a real team now. Now yeah. it gets real. That, there's that too. I would also argue that they're probably going to press the attack less. And I feel like this, this, this incarnation of the UCF women's basketball team is unique and that they're very versatile and can do a lot of things. Listen, and this isn't to take anything away from the iconic team that coach Abe had the floor, but they were known for one thing. We're coming at you. We're beating the heck out of you. And if you find a way to stop diamond battles, we're going to beat you down on offense too. This team's a bit more versatile. They have a lot of uh, they have a lot of players that can flow. They aren't afraid to chuck it from the cheap seats, and they might sink a few. You know. By the way, worth mention. Uh, 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 Morgan Robinson and Wegu came back for the first time, even though <laughs> she was here all of last year. Yeah. ACL ACL tear early last year. Got her first action, put up double digits. That's something you got. Didn't love miss to see. a shot either. Four for four from Correct. the field, four, for four from the line. Something you love to see when you have uh, Nay Hutton missing uh, from yeah. the roster currently. So that's right. Uh, rebounds fifty-eight for UCF in the game against Anderson to just uh, thirty-six for the uh, Trojans. The uh, as it's Eric mentioned, the next game. Auburn uh, comes to town on the 20th at 7 o'clock. Auburn was picked 12th out of 14 in the SEC, Eric. I know that, but you're saying. Well, yeah, uh, remember last year Auburn blitzed UCF yeah. uh, when they played points. up in Auburn. So that's why we're going to learn more about this Monday night. This is We're going to play real athletes at your level. With all due respect to Victor Anderson, he's a good friend of ours. But, you know, you know that's not competition there that we're playing. <laughs> But thank you, Kyle. Thank you very much. Shout, for the out, shout out to Victor who had a college named after him. <laughs> thank you, what, have we, what have we done in our careers anyway? Come on, Nash University. When are we going to Nash University somewhere? I don't know. That's not an honor I've been sharing that I'm aware of. Oh. oh. No, uh, there's um, there's a, well, there is a Nash equilibrium in economics. I mean, that's a pretty nice namesake. I mean, you know, that is true. There is a Nobel Prize. Well, with Kyle's suits, that would make sense. It would make sense that he's <laughs> named after economics with his suits that he wears yes, uh, but look, anyway Auburn is going to be interesting they have athletes uh to me this is when we're going to learn a lot uh, with all due respect to the first two opponents they're cupcakes as Dick the great Dick Vito would say which I'm fine with you got to learn about your team I get what you're doing but we're going to learn a lot more about Auburn and when they go out to uh after Auburn which is they're going out to the tournament uh where is it Cancun, Puerto Rico, Jeffrey, where are they? Puerto Puerto Rico. Rico. Puerto Rico. Rico. So that, that that's what we're, we're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a Sacred lot about Heart, this team in the next. Sacred Heart, St. John's, among the list of uh, mm-hmm. opponents. There, there's another there's Jackson another. State. Also, Jackson that's the State first game. Game. Well, That's yeah. one I couldn't remember. Yeah, that's three games in three days too. That's going to be a that's going to be a bit of a grind there for a little bit. Exactly. I know the we're gonna, but we're going to. Um, you know, it's a big game. You know, it's a big game when Kyle is take, picking the women's game over Chiefs Eagles Monday Night Football. You know, it's a big deal. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All on flow hoops. Yeah, flow hoops will be televising that. All right. We're not doing um, that. We're not. Yeah. All right. Let's move <laughs> on. Auburn game ESPN Plus, by the way. Do not get confused. Do uh, ESPN Plus uh, will be calling the UCF Auburn game. And then make sure you listen to Jeffrey either on the radio. Uh, just follow all the details, UCF men's basketball. It's all the social right. media platforms. Right. It's going to depend have- on where you hear yours truly will depend entirely on how UCF plays on Sunday. And believe me, I'll update you. Let's go over to men's soccer. This is the big one right now. Um, now, after the disappointing showing in the first round of the Sunbelt tournament, fellas, uh, men's soccer did get a bye in the first round of the, uh, of the NCAA tournament. They got the 12 seed. Eric, you predicted that they would get that by um but they put now and, and by the way tremendous advantage for them but for a team that was number one in the country just a few weeks ago i feel like it kind of sticks in their craw a little bit nonetheless they're in the tournament uh they face the winner of vermont and Ryder, who play thursday evening that's tonight well you know as we're recording this 
Winner has to come down here to Orlando to play to play UCF. If UCF wins that game, they would likely play West Virginia, who's the five seed. They're also playing the winner of somebody else. And I forget who it is, but Louisville that's, and Dayton. That's neither here. Thank you. Um, the so all right. What's the evaluation right now? Because you guys and Nick, you were there. You we heard from there. We heard from them, Bryce, and I think you heard from them as well. What's the feeling coming into this? Because I'm sure they were disappointed with, you know, I felt like they they dropped quite a bit down to 12 after being number one just recently. That's what happens when you lose to South Carolina's in the hundreds. Yeah. And that's the thing. And this is why conference tournaments sometimes are not the best ideas. If UCF doesn't lose to South Carolina or doesn't have to play South Carolina, if the conference tournament was smaller, I think UCF's a top eight seed. But because they lost to a South Carolina team that was in the hundreds, their RPI plummeted all the way to 12. And that's kind of where the committee decided Which is fair. To, uh, to have it. And, I, yeah, I don't have an issue with it. Uh, you know, Marshall ended up winning the conference tournament. They got the number one overall seed. West mm -hmm. Virginia got to the final. They got the five seed. Think about it. If UCF gets to the final, maybe they're a five seed. So, But it yeah. is what it is. Uh, the good news is I actually think they got a better, a, a softer second round matchup than West Virginia, which is odd. Thank you, geography, um, for making <laughs> sense out of this. But hopefully they've recovered because they looked a little gas at the end of the season in their last couple of matches there. So I think that's what this recovery time will help them to make a push. That's the hope. Dude, we're, what kind of a crowd do you think we're expecting for this game here? Because, uh, you know, I mean, you know, not number one, I, they, they deserve to get a good atmosphere here for this game maybe if not you know because if assuming west virginia pulls through then it's off to morgantown so this might be it this could be the last home match if west virginia gets through uh yeah it's a good question i don't know you know the time off it's an ncaa tournament game you hope i think they'll get a good crowd i don't know if it'll be at the at the level of jmu which was uh what was it bryson you were there was that the largest crowd ever the jmu crowd uh, home game what was it, it? It was one of the – it was definitely one of the highest. I think it was a record crowd, if I'm not mistaken. It might be uh, – but even if it wasn't, it is very up, much up there. I think an interesting factor in all of this, though, is going to be who – is going to be how many people have already left campus for Thanksgiving. Oh, because Thanksgiving, Sunday, yeah. Because yeah. Sunday's the beginning. Like, I have uh, two classmates of mine that are, that are already, like, because they have to travel really far for to be with their families for uh, to, for Thanksgiving week. So um and they already left like you know they uh, left earlier. So it, it it would be interesting to see how the people leaving for Thanksgiving might potentially affect the attendance to this game, especially since you know the opponent is going to be either Vermont or Ryder, which you know not exactly not a, a marquee opponent. Yeah. Exactly, cuz I mean exactly because I mean when because the marquee opponent, you know, when we had a lot of people coming to these these men's soccer games, the marquee team was us. Um and obviously it did help that South Carolina is a very well-known team. West Virginia, of course, was very was ranked very highly. And so point being is that there are a lot of factors that could potentially bring attendance down, but it's an NCAA tournament game. So, and so a lot of people want to support the team. When was, has UCF ever hosted an NCAA tournament game? Yes, they posted a uh, 2019 oh, yeah. where they mm -hmm. beat Missouri state. I called that match, the Cal Jennings golden goal to get to their first sweet 16. They hosted one uh, second round in the 2018. They were upset in 2018. I think they were 12 mm -hmm. or 13 seen ironically enough that year as well. So, uh, What's up? Let's hope that doesn't happen again then. No, I mean, they shouldn't. Hopefully they came out sharp, deep. Uh, you know, the crowd, you can make a lot of things. I mean, Orlando City's not playing. That should help them. On the other hand, it is an NFL Sunday that, you know, which is pretty important in this in this region. So eh, who knows? We'll see. Hopefully it draws well. And then you got a scoreboard watch. See what happens with West Virginia. Because my concern is if you win, got to go to Morgantown here at the end of November, December. What's the weather like for that, boys? That ain't Miserable. Yeah, so yeah. that's... If I'm, That's gonna be a tough draw. Tough draw. I'm working for the soccer team. What I'm focusing on right now is just promoting, like promoting the hell out of this because on paper this is a this is attracting. It's an NCAA tournament, and we're still nationally ranked, and it's on a weekend. So if yeah. I'm not, I'm getting. Hey, listen, there's the, the there's a shot for this team. I mean, it, it, you know, and, and that's what I think I wanted to get get with you, Eric, on this here is they can win it when you're number one in the country at some point. 
that's a pretty clear indication, unless the whole thing really falls apart, that you are a national title contender. Well, a men's soccer tournament's always been wide open. I mean, last year, Kentucky was the number one overall seed. They were upset. Your beloved Syracuse Orange, they were un- were they unseeded or were they like a- seated in the teens last year? I, I don't remember. They were, they- I think actually they were a 12 seed. I'll double check. but Double checked what the seed they were, but they ended up winning the national title. The point is, it's a lot more of a crapshoot in the men's game than there is in other NCAA tournaments. So seeding is not as critical as you might think. Obviously, you'd rather be home. Don't get me wrong. I'd rather be in Orlando than in Morgantown, West Virginia. But you got to play out your best soccer. And if you do, you're going to get results. So, uh, yeah, they absolutely have a shot. Uh, Syracuse was a three, by the way, I should say. A three seed. Yeah. Okay. Love that ACC. I told you. ACC conference. Yeah. Power. But but they they beat Indiana in the final in PKs, and Indiana was a 13. So that that's the one I was. Idea. Okay. Yeah. So that's the one I was thinking about there. So, and I'm pretty sure there was like an unseated team that made the final four that year, whether it was Creighton or somebody else. Yeah, it was Creighton. Creighton was Creighton, who well, actually there were two unseated Creighton and uh, who lost to Syracuse in the semis and Pitt, who lost to Indiana. So that's my right there. So anybody can make it. Creighton, of course, their best player was the national player of the year is now with Orlando City uh, and McGuire. So wide open field. They just got to play well. Get, get back to what they were doing, and hopefully this time off will help them out against whoever they play, whether, whether it be Ryder or Vermont. I would expect whoever wins that match is more of a defensive style against UCF, so UCF's going to have to be patient offensively. I think Vermont or Ryder, whoever wins, is going to try to play this a 0-0 as long as they can and yeah. maybe steal a goal. Yeah, they're going to try. Yeah, it's it's like it's 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 almost like one of those World Cup games between, you know, like what do you do if you're, you know, Fiji and you're playing Brazil, right? You're trying to, you know, slow everything down, get to PKs and 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 take your chances with the luck of the draw. Sunday, six p.m. at UCF. Um, nice play. The winner of Vermont and Ryder. Those two teams play. Tonight, Thursday night, 6 p.m. If you want to scout for that one. Um, and then who knows? We'll see what happens if UCF plays at West Virginia or if West Virginia gets knocked out. Which is not crazy. Louisville Day, that's actually a tougher draw. So especially if they right. get Louisville, that that could be interesting. If you're and a night fan, root for Louisville or Dayton. Right. Yep. We're pulling for Louisville and Dayton. All right. Whoever wins that game, which is also going on Thursday night, seven o'clock. Um, on that one. All right. Last little bit, volleyball. The gauntlet continues, and uh, it's rough. Um, the <sighs> For the volleyball team, yeah, Bryson, I hear you. It's uh, – <laughs> That was me. Well, oh, that, oh, that was you, Nick? Okay. Well, I was at the BYU game, man. That was hard. Well, it's – well, 17-9 and nine right now, still above 500, still over water, uh, still above water in conference at 8-7, and seven, um, but they got Texas coming in. And that's after getting swept. We thought that, you know, maybe you could sneak one of the two BYU matches. Maybe you could sneak one of the Houston matches. They haven't gotten, they've gotten none of them. So they're on a five-game slide right now after they after they split with TCU. But Texas comes in number five in the country. It's going to be packed. Um, and it's and it's senior day as well, Nick. So um, the the... What is what? What do they need to when you're on a when you're on a in a funk like this, right? You just need something good to flip. What do you think needs to flip? I think they just need because to- <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty. That hope probably that, says it all, right? <laughs> hope that Texas is spending time at Disney World and not. I don't, at the win. I don't know. Get around. Oh man, it's been rough. It's been rough. It's been rough. Been rough. I don't like crapping on this because they're not like a bad team or anything. It's just right. They're just in a rough stretch right now. Playing yeah, great play games. Play Bryson, games. you got answers. Give him some answers, Bryson. Well, I mean, it, it definitely would help with the uh, middle blockers grew a few inches. No, I'm kidding. Um, because so, obviously Big Twelve is uh, with uh, is very big, and and UCF still needs to be able to kind of get to that point from um. Uh, player perspective from a player standpoint but i think as far as the situation with uh, with texas i believe texas actually was recently upset somewhere if i'm not mistaken i yeah, think they lost um, to kansas state in uh, manhattan the, yes. last week yeah and they yes. took out some frustrations in the sense yes so basically <laughs> yeah. I, I, the point is is that 
can't is Texas is not like infallible. Can't beat them, especially if you're the one hosting. Um, I think the fact that BYU, which by the way, the Friday night matchup, largest regular season home crowd in program history, only the at the FGCU NCA tournament game had a higher turnout than that, and that's against BYU. So now we have Texas coming, so it'll be interesting to see how how. So I think that the the fans have really come at, shown up this year, even despite the struggles, they've shown up. So they, I think that them being in the, that they will definitely help will this team. I think a little, a, a little bit as well. And Texas, you know, the fact that they can lose on the road, that'll be interesting. Um, I just think it'll be interesting how they test this team because, but because they've been really going through it these last weeks. Yeah. Now the good news is, is that that is that they've had a good long while to rest because this game is over a week since they last had their the, since their last match against BYU which is on a Friday so that is now what eight days eight uh, eight nine days between games so I think that 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 rest is going to be very valuable going into a, a game against against the opponent like Texas as we wrap it up here Eric um my concern is the RPI because yeah, it's bottomed it's like, out it's down it's yeah. it's not at 62 right now that's that's not even on the bubble no, point. in fact, they're trying to hold on to being an NIVC team uh, at this point. But so, if you if you somehow pull something out of the, against Texas, that could change. Maybe that's a uh, tall order. Get off, I get it, but they, they got to get off. To, they they got to win a set. They only won. They've only won one set in the last four matches. Uh, by the way, the BYU thing, and this is something Jeff and Kyle to put in your back pocket. There were a lot of BYU fans in that building. Oh, they're a national. I mean, I mean well, but explain this because I, I was told by somebody because uh, I was at the Hall of Fame ceremony while that BYU match was going on, and it, that came up. There's a lot of BYU fans in the state of Florida. Like that's something that we uh, and I remember this in the 2014 football game. There were a lot of BYU fans at yeah. the bounce house too. So BYU could become a draw for a lot of these UCF sporting events. Let's keep that in mind when we play them in basketball and softball and all that. In well, the back I mean, we've, we've said this, we've said this before that they are, yeah. they are the Latter-day Saints, Notre Dame. And yeah, well, there's go. a, re- and, and there's a, there's, a, it's, it's not just the university. There's a cultural aspect to that. And they, they show up, they are loyal. They are loud. And credit to them, man. I mean, they, no, they, that's what I'm saying. They like, come out for it. everything. We talk about what's the box office. Texas is going to be a big crowd, and it will yeah. be, and it will be a record. But BYU could become an annual big draw, to a, hard, a hot ticket every year because of that. So keep that in mind. That, that jumped out to me about the BYU match. Not that Also, they have one of the best outside hitters in the country and in Aaron Livingston. And that's the problem. McKenna Melville's eligibility is out. That's the problem. And now we're facing a bunch of teams that have McKenna Melville's of the world. And UCF doesn't have that, and that's okay. It's a rebuilding year. Get off to a good start. Try to win a set. Get your confidence back. Because if Texas comes out early and wins that set, it's going to be a quick match. And then you still got to go to Kansas and Iowa State, uh, which is not, not easy. easy. So it's a rough end, but we knew this. That's the part of the learning curve. This program is learning what is like life going to be like in the Big 12. And I think Jenny Maurer and her staff at the end are taking notes and realize, okay, this is what we need to get to compete at the Big 12. Iowa State RPI thirty three by the way Kansas at nineteen, yeah, and both teams are going to play. And I, and I know UCF won at Kansas last year. That was last year. That's a better. Yeah, McKenna's not here. Better Kansas. Well, also this is a much better Kansas team this year than it was yes. last year. So, yeah. all right, uh, Texas UCF Big Twelve two now o'clock. two o'clock on Saturday. Yep, Saturday should be a fun all right. match. So before uh, the football game, anyway. yeah. Before the football game, check out UCF volleyball. All right. We got to wrap it up here on the show. We got Kyle, the student of the game, the SOTG. Make sure you follow him for all the latest. Bryson said it's Bryson Turner, Nick at Nick Porcelli, too. Eric at Eric Lopez. Elo, yours truly at Jeff underscore Sham. We got another busy weekend, guys. What am I missing? Anything great? Obviously, the Hall of Fame inductions. We want to pass along congratulations. That was fun. Everybody, you guys were there. Oh, How was it? I was there. I was there. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Mark Daniels, great speech uh, there, as well as Shelby Turnier, uh, as well as Delana Sarton, John Hitt's son uh, on his behalf. 
Uh, you had Gene McDowell on his behalf with Manny Messinger giving the speech, mm-hmm. the cheerleading 07 national. That, by the way, that man, I know that man. How about the Manny? Oh, no, he did. He was fired. He yeah. had a great speech there. It's all on the UCF sites, too. So you'd be able to check those out. And uh, we had some inter- uh, interviews prior to the event that you could check out on Black and Go Banner. But it was a fun weekend. It's become one of the best uh, best nights of the year, uh, UCF. And uh, it was capped off by a great football win over Oklahoma State. Nice blowout win. Uh, so it's certainly a weekend to remember. Win, by the way, one of field. my great, yeah, one of my great honors, introducing all of them at the football game yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. That was, that was huge. I was, and, and, and by the way, as somebody who covered Delana Sardin when she was a freshman and all four years that she was here at UCF, you know, obviously congratulations to everyone. And I know that was really special for you, Eric, to see Shelby there because of, you know, because of all the, you know, all the games that you, of hers that she pitched that you called just as special for me to, to mention Delena on Saturday at the football game who, um, you know, I consider an old friend and just, man, it's real. First of all, it's really awesome. Delena deserves it. Everybody on there obviously deserves it. Number two, I can't freaking believe that these people are old enough to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, what is happening to us? We are getting old. <laughs> Time's flying, but uh, yeah, it was cool. I mean, Re- Renee Gillespie was there for Shelby. Todd Dagenet yep. was there for volleyball as well. Yep. So you had Linda Gooch there. Uh, Rich Wallace was there because Kyle Bono was inducted from a baseball mm-hmm. standpoint. So old teammates uh, that I that I I called some of their games on Student Radio too. And I told Rich games. that too. And he's like, "Don't remind me." Yes, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. By the way, I, Jeff, and, uh, you- as somebody who was in the stands at Oklahoma State, you did a very great job up there in the stands, especially by the way for handling the end of the, the end. Of the, heard about <laughs> wow. how you I, I announced the fans on the field. Well, so, I'm mean, sorry we had to make you wait. I'm sorry we had to make you wait up there for so long for us to get off the field. Well, first of all, awesome. I appreciate it. Second of all, like I appreciate I appreciate everybody else who was you know waiting. We had the most. That was the most orderly field rush in the history of college football. Nice chaos you've ever seen. I was, yes, it was, it, it was somebody said, somebody wrote, I forget who wrote this on social media, but somebody said it was practically Canadian. And how we rushed the field. Like we waited and then we opened up the gates. So we just wait for Oklahoma state to get off. Right. No, we didn't. Mm-hmm. Nobody tore down the goalpost. Nobody climbed over the thing. You know, nobody jumped over the uh, the cabanas in order to get on the field, and a good time was had by all, and that's how we do it. Like, was somebody yeah. mad about the about the about the field goals? I saw a video of I saw a video on on YouTube where the, uh, I, there was a video of Terry reacting to that announcement, and I thought it looked like, oh, wait a minute, or something like that. I don't know if people were, but the goalposts, by the way, were were had a police. They guard. were heavily guarded shall we say, you know, and there was, you know, and we were always worried, like, you know, you, kind right, of want to plant, you don't want to plant the seed in people's minds, but we had, you know, I mean, it, it, there was a rumor going around that, you know, before anybody said anything that they would tear down the goalpost, we were like, uh-uh, we're not going to say it. We're like, we're going to make sure that everyone says no, you know, to kind of make sure that everyone knew, no, 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 we're not going to do this. And we're still trying to out. raise capital folks. We don't need that expense. Uh, and, and by the way, that is an expense. That those things are oh, yeah. expensive. Oh yeah, that's um, correct. That's why everything, you know, rightfully so, is running away. Security heard my friend. He got he had a little too many uh, Bud Lights, and then for the entire fourth oh. quarter, he was yelling, "We're taking it to Lake Claire. We're taking it down and taking that, it to Lake." Claire. No, you're not. Kyle was worried about his equipment. He didn't even bother. He just went straight to the media room. He was so I've never seen Kyle so like ah whatever. But. <laughs> uh, by the way, Eric, what's the team that they have the their goalposts? They would they're like mechanically operated, where they would like, where they they would they would like bring them down. Like I remember, I think it was Clemson. Might be Clemson because they the fans storm. They go to the field after every home game uh, win. So yeah, that might yeah. Be. So so their 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 goalposts are like mechanically operated. So like at the end of the game, they would like mechanically put them down. You know, which was kind of which was kind of wild. I think I say we invest in that, but. Um, <laughs> well, among many things we need to invest I, but in. I, I'll say that was that was a tremendous moment just a tremendous Saturday of UCF football I think it like reinvigorated everybody you know to, to win a game like that the atmosphere space game the uniforms actually looked better on the field than I thought they would oh yeah um, yes. 
I, I was a little I was a little worried but when but I was a little worried about it but they looked great especially under the lights and we had the we had the uh we had the light the lights up lights down was nuts man that was fun. Oh, and, and, and it was uh, in the rain too we were it was in the rain that was a it party was, that was a great time it was just it, it was just a it, it was just yeah. a, a, a tremendous experience that game is going to go down in one of our most fun experiences that we've had in a while and I thanks to everybody right that marshall it's right with that Marshall game. Like the, the parallels with that Marshall game are kind of insane when you think about it. Yeah, I, I it was it, it was fun, but um, hopefully we'll get another one at some point soon. All right, wrap it up. Thanks to Bryce and thanks to Nick. Thanks to Kyle. Thanks to Eric. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to all the fans for having a good time on Saturday and making our jobs a lot of fun. Um, we will hit you up after the Texas Tech game. Be on the lookout for that. Plenty more comp. Plenty more content to come. This weekend, as we wrap up, we've got the roundtable coming up. Make sure you follow blackandgoldbanneret.com. And don't forget to check the wrap-up for tonight's game against Cal State Fullerton as well. That's that's right. we got a wrap-up coming up on that as well after UCF hopefully takes care of Cal State Fullerton. That game coming up Thursday night um, as well. For all of us here at Black and Gold Banneret and Night Shift, I'm Jeff Sharon saying thanks for listening. Enjoy the weekend. Here is to men's soccer. Let's get a dub. Let's move on in the tournament. Survive in advance. Have fun, guys. We'll see you.